Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, David Steele, and I'm, fi- I'm flying solo for this one. Illawa will be back on Tuesday. Just a friendly reminder, if you like what you're hearing, you can follow us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Just search Real Talks. That's R-E-E-L Talks. Just like my name, S-T-E-E-L-E. Also, you can follow us on social media. I'm on Twitter at WannabeRounder, LinkedIn, and on Instagram at DCadudo. She can be found on LinkedIn as well at Orism, or on Instagram at E-L-O-R-A-Z-E-M. Just a couple of quick announcements. Our Patreon channel went live about a month ago. You can find it by typing Real Talks into the search bar. Let me tell you a little about it. We're offering five different levels for you to support us at. Five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, thirty dollars, and forty dollars. If you do choose to support us, you'll have the opportunity to get some great perks, such as earning your name shouted out before every podcast, cool merch, and if you're one of our major contributors, you'll get a one-hour monthly Zoom meeting with Illo and myself. For more details, just go to the website. I'll leave the link in the description. Which leads me to my next big announcement. Flashback Fridays are underway. And if you're a first-time listener again, welcome. Ian Cargard and myself will be discussing films for the past. The first film we discussed last week was Iron Man, and then we're going to be doing every single MCU movie in chronological order. Yes, down the road we will be doing Doctor Strange again. Stay tuned. This week's film is going to be Iron Man 2. I can't reiterate enough. Hit that follow button so you never miss a podcast. So this is going to be our Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madras spoiler cast. So this is the way it's going to work. I'm going to talk about the movie, in spoiler terms of course, and go through the film beat by beat, plot point by plot point. And then I'm going to be going back and discussing the things that I liked and I disliked. And then I'm going to give it a rating on how many reels I think I should get. We have a lot to get to, so let's get started. So first and foremost, I saw this on Friday night, along with millions of other people that were dying to see this. A um, couple quick facts about the, the movie. This movie was made for $200 million, so quite a quite a big blockbuster film in that respect. Uh, the Thursday night previews did outstanding. It made $36 million, which in comparison to something like Spider-Man No Way Home that made 50, th- this did really well. On Friday, the night I actually went, it made $90 million. So it made almost half of its budget back. And internationally for the whole weekend, it's made $265 million. Um, So all told, at the end of this weekend, for the opening weekend, you have a film that made almost a half a billion dollars. $450 million. Um, Saturday and Sunday, it made $57.5 million. So it did really well um, with the reception. So this movie, if obviously if you're an MCU person you know or his other work, this movie was directed by Sam Raimi. And he's done a lot of other things, including he, what he's most known for, and that's a Spider-Man trilogy, uh, beginning back in 2002 with Tobey Maguire and you know uh, Spider-Man 2 and then Spider-Man 3. So he's done movies, and he's a horror guy too, so let's, it's not just a comic book guy. And so he did uh, The Evil Dead, which is, I know, a huge cult uh, classic. And you can definitely see the uh, overtones in this. 
um, Army of Darkness, where he was a writer, along with the 1990 movie Darkman. So, yeah, this is going back. But the last film he directed was the 2013 Oz the Great and Powerful with James Franco, which, I mean, it really didn't do that well. Um, so, you know, he took some time off and, you know, did some other things. So, but, so let me just put this in perspective for you. This box office was so big at almost $190 million. This was the 11th, so it's projected to about 100, between anywhere between 185 and 190. This box office, this take for the first weekend of this movie is the 11th largest domestic opening of all time that's incredible so speaking of the incredibles um it landed right in between incredibles 2 which grossed its opening weekend 182.6 million and another marvel film avengers age of Ultron, which a lot of people didn't like but that was for other reasons that made 191 million and that was opening weekend so this is going to Go in right in at about 185 to 190 million dollars. So uh, let's let's get to the meat and potatoes of the movie now. Now that you have all the logistics out of the way, so we have obviously uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is coming back as Doctor Strange, and so we've got another Benedict Benedict Wong playing Wong. Um, we have uh, Chichil Eltafor. He played Motto. Um, we had a newcomer which everybody's talking about, and she was the absolute rave of the film, uh, Sochil Gomez, and she played America Chavez. And so she, 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 to me, she was a standout. She was outstanding doing the whole thing. Um, and then you had Rachel McAdams coming back as uh, Christine Palmer, the love interest for Doctor Strange. So the movie opens with Doctor Strange in, in America running through this, what, can only be described as the multiverse and they're being chased by this monster and they're they're trying to get the book of ashanti and it's basically a book to it's a the all told book that you can destroy anything with okay so it's like a skeleton key for spells and so turns out it was a dream or was it so we see it actually one of the cool first shots was we see strange's face in a broken watch and this is you know in the trailer too so if you haven't seen it you can go back and watch it but yeah that was a, that was a quick shot of him um in the watch face but that was actually a really cool shot so and i think there had some was some symbolism there basically saying he was kind of a broken man at that point um and it goes on there's a reoccurring question throughout the throughout the film which i'll get to a little bit later it, it by the way if you've seen the movie you know exactly what I'm talking about, but for all of those people, and by the way, I want to reiterate again, this is a spoiler cast. So if you have not gone to see Doctor Strange yet, turn this off and go see it and then come back and listen. So the next thing we see is Strange getting ready for Christine's wedding because she was dating somebody else. And so during the wedding, uh, they have a conversation about being happy. And this is the, this is the question I was going to talk about earlier, but this is... So this was the motif of the, of the uh, movie. And the question became, and it brought, was brought up four times, are you happy? And that could be, you know, a number of different things. Are you happy with your life? Are you happy with your relationships? What have you? So um, we see this monster 
this big one-eyed monster, which, by the way, anybody who's seen the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn movie, uh, looks oddly similar to that. So I, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, so Strange leaps into action, and he goes to save this girl that he doesn't know. And, of course, this is where we meet America. Um, so he's having a little bit tr of trouble, and then we're introduced to Wong. And Wong is now the Sorcerer Supreme, and he comes in and he saves the day. So that that's, you know, so with their combined help and their combined power, they kill this monster. Now, um, this is after the recent events of Spider-Man No Way Home. Anything could happen because it is the multiverse. So then after the, the monster is defeated, they sit down and they talk. They're all in a diner. They want to know who this girl is and why she's so important. Well, one of the key things for America is that she was able to jump from universe to universe. and But the thing is, she couldn't control her powers, which comes into play a little bit later on in the film. So they bring her back to their sanctuary, and they're trying to figure out who this girl is and how important she is. So then Doctor Strange then goes to talk to, of course, Wanda Maximoff. And anybody who's seen um, WandaVision knows that she turns into the Scarlet Witch at the end of WandaVision. So Strange goes to talk to her about this girl and find out exactly how much she knows about the multiverse. And which she find, eventually finds out that Wanda is not Wanda. She's now the Scarlet Witch. And she basically says a line to Strange that, you know, you you do these things and you become a hero and you have statues made out after you and we see a statue later on which I'll get you and then I do things and I'm and I'm the villain how is that fair so at that point we know where who the big bad is in this uh in this movie and it's Wanda so moving on the, the word I've been hearing from the reviews and everything else that I've I've actually it's right on it's called a, a MacGuffin so a MacGuffin is something that is important but when you once you get to it it's not that important it's like the maltese falcon for example maltese falcon we know as everybody's after it okay this is such a valuable piece but at the end of the movie or at the end of the whole thing it's not that important even though the film is entitled the maltese falcon okay so the whole thing is kind of like a MacGuffin. okay so that that's what that is so Wanda thinks that she can get back to her kids by using America's powers. And the only way about using America's powers is she has to kill her using dark magic. So at that point, at that meeting, they, they basically said, or she said to Strange, look, you got 24 hours to turn over the girl. Otherwise, I'm done being reasonable. And she is the one that sent the monster after America. So, okay, so this is when they take her back and, and everything else. So they arrive. 24 hours later, or sometime later passes, we have a, this dark cloud that comes over. So we have all these warriors that are, are getting ready to stand their ground. And um, it was a really cool shot of how Wanda, after the, the cloud comes over, how Wanda is just levitating in the air. So Doctor Strange, so Wong and, and Strange have a little uh, uh, exchange. And, he's, you know, basically don't blow this. And he's like, okay. I'll try. He's like, I got this. So they go up and they have a little confrontation. Like, you, you know, your children are not real. 
you need to stop this now before you cause any more pain to anybody. And so after the conversation, it was a cool little, and by the way, that was something else I didn't see in this movie either. It was a sarcasm by Dr. Strange. I mean, he, he had this little, you know, one-liner with Wong where he said, oh, I nailed it, <laughs> you know, but there wasn't really much after that. Um, so we have a big battle that ensues. Um, the fortress is basically destroyed. So they take America as deep into the fortress as possible. And Strange casts some spells to, you know, uh, try to save what he can of the fortress. And it was actually a really cool shot of reflections that um, kind of like a, um, a fun house where you have all the, the, the mirrors. That's what this was. And except they were shards. So that was a really cool shot. And then she figures it out and she actually comes through the mirror to get America and everybody else. So uh, at that point, uh, they so Wong gets captured. So we see Wong gets captured. And then because America cannot control her powers, um, Strange and her actually go through the multiverse. And I will say this. This is actually the first cool um, shot that we see of of the uh, special effects and the CGI. So they're going through all these uh, multiverses. And one of them was paint. <laughs> like, you know, the, the colors were amazing, by the way. Um, and one of them they turned into a little comic book uh, characters, like right out of a comic, like right out of a Marvel comic book. I thought that was great. Um, so they land on this earth, but it's not their earth. It's earth eight, eight, three, eight. So they decide to go to the sanctum to actually get some answers at this point. And we find Mordo, who anybody who's seen the first Dr. Strange knows is the, the mortal enemy of Dr. Strange. So it's saying, oh God, really? We got to deal with him. So Mordo says, come on in, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out. Tell me all about your journeys. Well, Mordo is not who you think he is. Of course, he betrays them. So at that point, um, it's one of those things where you knew it was going to happen. But before getting there, I thought it was interesting how they actually were in the, um, they were going to the, the sanctuary. And there was a little, on the street, there was a little, um, pad if you stepped on it and accessed your memories and this so strange did it accidentally at first and it accessed a memory of christine and himself in another universe his the correct universe about them being together and he got he got her so the watch that i referred to in the beginning of the movie was given to him by christine in this memory and then we see America step on the a pad, and we see this is the first time, and this is a big sticking point for a lot of people, possibly. And this is the first time we see that she has two mothers. And so it was kind of um, weird how they died. So basically, a bee lands on her hand, and I don't know if she's afraid to get stung or whatever, but nonetheless, she opens up a portal accidentally. And they get swept in the portal. And so we assume they die. Um, so that was on, on the way to the sanctuary. Now here's the other thing too. She is supposed to be a uh, um, a gay character. 
And that's fine. I have no issues with that. But Disney and Marvel kind of gave you little hints along the way that could have been a little too much. Like, the pin was fine. So Anybody who's seen the movie, they know what I'm talking about. The pin was fine. I didn't mind the pin. But then you had, you know, the the jacket she was wearing. I mean, so, I mean, it was just a little overkill, but you got the picture. Um, so, one of the other funny uh, bits was, so they're walking. So, they get on Earth 818, and they're about to cross the street, and Strange is about to get killed because she has to pull him back. It's completely backwards in this universe. So, red means you can go, and green means you have to stop, which I thought was a little fascinating thing. So, the food... You know, so she gets his food, and, and Strange is like, where did you get that? And it's like, oh, all the food here is free. So we see Bruce Campbell, who's a, a longtime Sam Raimi um, guy, and he's been in most of his films, and it was his name was Pizza Popper. And so he's like, no, that's not free. So he's like, she, Strange is like, leave the kid alone, you know. So he casts a spell, you know, and he starts hitting himself. And she's like, oh, well, you know, how long is that going to last? And it's like three weeks. <laughs> so so we get to the sanctuary. He, Mordo betrays him. And so they are restrained. And so at that point, Strange finds that, um, that universe is Christine. And convinces and tries to convince her, hey, look, I'm not the person who think I am. You've got to let me go. So... He's then, and this is major spoiler now, but this is where he's brought in front of the Illuminati. And so this was a secret society that consists of Mordo, Captain Peggy Carter. So a lot of this has to, I won't say a lot, but some of this has to do with stuff from like What If. So you have Captain Peggy Carter, King Blackshire, um, Captain uh, Maria uh, Rambo, who's supposed to be in this universe, Captain Marvel. And, of course, the big reveal, and it was revealed in the trailers, is Dr. Charles Xavier. And so that was a big reveal, but even the bigger reveal was Dr. Reed Richards. So we're introduced to somebody from the Fantastic Four here. Now, how this is going to be done moving forward, we'll see. Got a, it got some applause at, at the showing I was at. Um, so they explained that his reckless use of the Darkhold and their universe made what was called an incursion. So this incursion basically almost um, wiped out their universe. And so there was a statue in front of the sanctuary at that in that universe saying this was used to defeat Thanos, which was a lie. Because what ended up happening was it wasn't successful and they, they had the incursion and then they ended up, one of them ended up killing, that's Doctor Strange. So... You got to wonder if, um, yeah, it just—it was a little strange to say the least. No pun intended. So moving on, before the judgment happens, Wanda attacks attacks this version of um, the the Inquisition, and so she she's doing this by what what's known as dream walking, and dream walking is basically casting a spell in another person's body and going to a certain place. But you're in one, you're in another place, essentially, and wanted just dispatches of everybody, like they're nothing. I'll get to the cameos later. I mean, I just talked about them, but 
it, it just didn't it didn't work for me. So they have to escape, and at that point, what ends up happening is uh, Christina Strange and America do escape. So, and Wanda is now chasing after him. It's a little more of the um, you know killer running after the the uh, the people they're trying to kill. Okay, so at that point, they had a pretty cool battle, and, and so Wanda gets America, and from there. Um, Christine and Strange are then transported to another universe where they have to get uh, that book there, the Darkhold book, to counteract the other one. So Strange comes into the room, and then we see another Doctor Strange, and this is where he, they have this, this battle. Um, and I thought it was unbelievable artistically. So there was a bunch of musical instruments in the room a piano, a harp, some other things. And the music by Danny Elfman was great for this. And what ended up happening was uh, the musical notes actually ended up turning into like little daggers. And they they were able to sequence it. So it just, it literally jumped off the page. Um, It was fantastic. It was one of the better sequences in the movie, I thought. Um, So at that point, that the good Doctor Strange beats and defeats and kills the bad Doctor Strange. So right in the beginning of the movie, um, America shows this corpse to Doctor Strange and Wong to say, hey, look, this is a, another Doctor Strange that I was, you know, that I saw that I had to kill. So at which point the good Doctor Strange, it, it gets a little confusing now, I'm sorry. But this one basically... Inhabit, inhabits the other, the corpse, okay, and tries to go after and defeat um, Wanda. So then Christine is watching his back and, and everything else. So all these demons come out, and eventually he's able to um, subside. He's able to reel them all in and, and basically have that. And then he goes to see, uh, save America. So once he goes to save America, they're in a different reality this time. And so that's when there's a, a big battle between Doctor Strange and Wanda. And America is about to be killed. And this Doctor Strange, who's now a corpse, which was a little strange, actually, says, Come on, America, you can do it. You you use your powers perfectly. So subsequently... America starts beating the crap out of Wanda. <laughs> um, then America then shows Wanda the other reality of where the boys are, uh, Billy and, and Tommy, and to say, look, this is what you're doing. This is how much harm you've caused. And Wanda had always thought there was kids in all of these other multiverses. Now, I don't know how that's possible, but let's just say it is. And so... Uh, Wanda then recognizes what she did wrong, and so she comes to her um, senses. She destroys Mount Wanagrove um, and all the copies of the Darkhold, so no magic, no dark magic could ever be used again. And she seamlessly, um, or what it seems, is that she sacrifices herself for the greater good. So, And then before Christina returns to her reality... Strange basically let her know how 
he felt about her and um, how he was always scared to have a relationship with her. And so one of the closing scenes is the uh, watch. So he gets a, which was actually a really cool shot, was the watch. We see Strange about to place the replacement glass on the watch, but you see the camera looking up at his face. And so it's like it's inside the watch. I don't know how small that camera was, but it was really cool. And then, um, so he replaces the watch. And then they, um, as we close the movie, their uh, fortress is being repaired. And America is being trained by all of these other warriors that are in Wong for the, um, to, to train her to basically get her powers where they need to be. So, um... The couple of mid-credit scenes, so, so there were two credit scenes. One was uh, we see a sorceress appear and tell him that there's an incursion, and then we see Doctor Strange, who we think is normal, but of course, you know, since he was dreamwalking, there was definitely some effects from that, and we see the third eye appear. So then we assume that he follows her into the uh, into the portal. So we don't know, and by the way, this person was played by Charlize Theron. So now she is in the MCU. We don't know who she is playing, but we know that she is in the MCU now. Um, and then the second uh, after credit scene was like a little troll, you know, with Pizza Popper, Bruce Campbell's character, and said, uh, you know, it's over. You know, he stopped punching himself. He's like, he looks right in the camera. Oh, it's over. So that kind of reminded me of the Deadpool scene, the after credit scene of um you still here why 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 are you still here you know or spider-man homecoming where captain america is basically they troll the audience to get a gag um that was pretty funny though so i mean they make people wait you know seven eight nine minutes to ha- to troll them you know once it's like once every six or seven pictures they like doing that i i think that's hilarious so okay so what are my thoughts <laughs> lots and lots to talk about so this is one of those movies that either you loved it or you hated it. Um, there's really no in-between. I've only seen it the once. I'm going to go back and see it again probably tomorrow. It's one of those things where there's a lot wrong here. But it, it's definitely not one of their best entries into the MCU. Um, so, but yeah, either you love this movie or you hated this movie. The cameos. We gotta talk about the cameos for a minute because the cameos were usually if you're gonna have a cameo, you wanna have it so you get a pop from the audience, right? Like a Spider Man No Way Home with um Daredevil, Charlie Cox or you know, uh Toby McGuire or Andrew Garfield, that kind of pop. And it has to mean something. Okay? Like Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield were part of the actual film for i don't know half an hour 45 minutes maybe the part almost the second and third act okay these did absolutely nothing for the film except we're just going to put a couple people that we know in there and i don't know why they did that i mean that we knew okay first and foremost we knew xavier was going to be in the film charlie patrick stewart playing uh charles xavier we knew that we knew that by the trailers. Um, so that wasn't really a surprise or a uh, a given. Um, 
The other thing, too, is, like I said before, in the Fantastic... When Reed Richards came out, there was a little applause, but we see Wanda basically dispatch of every single one of these people in no time at all. And that kind of leads me to another question of, okay, you just killed Reed Richards, okay? Now, what were you trying to do? Are you trying to get a pop here? Or are you trying to set something up for the future Fantastic Four movie? I don't understand. Because if you have um, if you have them come back, one thing, and I'll get to this in a minute, but one thing Marvel invariably, invariably does, and this even goes back to Wanda here in a minute, is their deaths. The fake deaths are terrible. They are horrible. So if somebody dies, they just bring them back to the next movie. And I'm not, I mean, I'm all for realism, but if you die in a movie, you need to stay dead. <laughs> it's just that simple. So Wanda basically kills every single one of the Illuminati. He snaps Charles Xavier's neck. He he destroys, she destroys Reed Richards. She, she crushes um, Captain Marvel. She, you know, so, I mean, it didn't work at all for me. Um, heck, I would have liked to have seen the Ancient One. If you want to talk about multiverses, let's go back and bring Tilda Swinton in as the Ancient One to give Doctor Strange some advice on what to do. That would have been, that would have been a cool cameo. And leave that completely alone. So, I really didn't, I didn't care for the cameos at all. They didn't further the story. That's, I guess, what I'm trying to get at. They didn't further the story. And when you don't further the story, that's a problem. Andrew Garfield, as I said before, Andrew Garfield and, and Tobey Maguire furthered the story. These two didn't. So I, I, the cameos were just the are you happy question. Now, as I said, this was the motif of the movie. And this was brought up four times. And I thought that, you know, it was relevant, but it was overused. Like, I don't need to see... We all know Strange is unhappy, okay? We get that. Um, we all know he wants to be with Christine, but that will never happen. So it's not like he got the girl at the end of the movie. Do you know what I mean? If Christine, if that version of Christine in his reality had said, you know what? I screwed up, okay? And they got back together, that would have worked. That would have worked. But he didn't even get the girl. So <laughs> it didn't, it just didn't work for me. Um, you know, so th that's where I I stand on that. Okay, moving on. The character development. I got to talk about this. Why are you bringing back Rachel McAdams? Only for, you know, a 10 or 15 minute. I mean, that's all really she had on camera. Let's face it, 10 or 15 minutes total. I mean, granted, this movie was two hours and six minutes from the first frame to the last frame. Okay, she had about 15 minutes of screen time. That's it. But there was no c character development. We never see what she was doing in between Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange 2. Did, how did she meet this guy that she's going to marry? Where did she meet this guy? Um, did Strange know the guy? There's no character development here at all. That would have been nice. Same thing for Wong. We just see him show up and he's the Sorcerer Supreme. So how did he become the Sorcerer Supreme in... Mind you, this movie is supposed to take place like... Almost right after Spider-Man No Way Home. So how did he become the Sorcerer Supreme then? Um, yeah, definitely no character development. 
the standout performance, as I said, was had to be Elizabeth Olsen. I mean, somebody said the other day I was watching a video and they said, you know, there's an outside chance of her getting an Academy Award nomination. I don't think that will happen, but she did have one hell of a role. Um, I really thought she did one heck of a job because she's she was the big bad in this movie and everybody knew that was going to happen, right? After the events of WandaVision. So, um, and getting back to what I was talking about earlier, Kevin Feige even came out and said this. There was too much shown in the trailers. And that, for me, goes back to marketing. Somebody dropped the ball here at Marvel. <laughs> so I got to wonder, what are they going to do now to, to market Thor, Thor Love and Thunder? Because we're only two months away from today. Two months. So how are they going to market this? And are they going to um, have more TV spots and, you know, trailers and everything else? We've only got one trailer for Thor Love and Thunder. My guess is we're only going to get one more. I think Kevin Feige put his foot down and said, okay, enough's enough. Um, so definitely there was marketing issues there. And, I mean, you might as well have just shown, shown Reed Richards. That, for me, would have been. That's, I mean, and, and Patrick Stewart, let, let's face it, Patrick Stewart had all of, what, five minutes of screen time? Once again, going back to the cameos, didn't further the story. We knew Wanda was strong, and basically she just kills him. And a snap of a finger. Figure that out. Um, one thing that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and anybody in screenwriting 101, this goes back to like lazy screenwriting, I guess. Screenwriting 101 is when you are writing a character and that character kills another character in whatever form, okay? Um, unless it's an accident. If it's an accident, fine. But if we're talking about a killer that's just going around maniacally doing people away, invariably, 110%, that character must, must die. Now, we all knew she had to die. It was a question of what she was going to do to redeem herself, right? But the way she dies kind of was a little... Um, I don't know what the word you want to use for it, but it was just poor. So she crumbles. So she takes the the fortress, whatever she's in, and she crumbles it down. And we think she's dead. And now, if that's the end of her, at that point, Marvel has a serious problem. You have three choices. Door number one, Wanda's gone. She will never be in another Marvel movie again, which I think fans would be really upset about. Because, let's face it, she was arguably the strongest character anybody i mean she in endgame she could have just dispatched a thanos but they didn't want that there number two you bring her back as this maniacal evil killer or number three you have an arc eventually where she is going to redeem herself and bringing down a fortress to to take care of the dark hold really didn't do it for me you know she she it was a line in the movie i'm not a monster i'm a mother and that's the other thing too. Let, let's. I want to make something clear here. I'll get. Let me get to the line, and I'll. Then I'll come back to that. So this line, "I'm not a monster. I'm a mother." If anybody who's an MCU fan knows anything about the MCU, this is almost um, reminiscent of the thing in uh, Age of Ultron, when basically Black Widow was saying, "Listen, I'm fertile. I. I. This is. You know, I'm a mother here." 
I'm not a monster. I want to, you know. And they're talking about her sexuality. Once again, it's the same thing to a certain extent here. And the line, and that, kind, and that line really kind of was a gray area for me. But here's my other thing. Why would she be killing all of these people to get back to her kids? And the thing is that she is killing all these people and she wants to kill another child to get back to her children. Like, I don't understand that. Usually, if you're a mother, you want to preserve life. You don't want to kill. So that was a really interesting way they went with that, right? And here's what I'll say about the la- one of the last things I'll say about this. This movie, and if we can't really, we can't really see how this is going to go now because we're in the moment, right? And I think that this is going to be taken for another five years or so. And people are then going to be able to look back and, and say, okay, this movie was um, good or it was bad. or. But what I compare it to and would be interesting to hear everybody else's thoughts is Justice League. Um, the Just the movie itself, it really, um, yeah, it, it just didn't, it didn't work. Okay, here, here's what I'm getting at. This movie is not one of their stronger entries, okay? I think everybody, I think there's a lot of people that are going to feel this way. Here is the thing. Justice League right now, I'm on RottenTomatoes.com. Justice League of the 408 reviews, now obviously we're five years out from this, had a 39%, a 39% from the critics, but there was a 68% from the audience. That means, and there was over 100,000 ratings there. That means that every two out of three people that saw Justice League liked it, okay? Now, I think that what we'll see in a couple of years is, I think you're going to see this go down as one of these movies that um, is like this. So, as it stands right now, Multiverse of Madness has a 75% rating, and there's 315 reviews. I mean, all, all the reviews are in, okay? And it has an 87% um, audience score. Here's what I'm getting at. This is one of those movies that's going to go down for the fans, not for the critics. And Marvel is usually very good about when it comes to critics, they're usually very good. Now, sometimes they've got a really bad movie like Thor the Dark World or, you know, a couple other movies that are out there that just didn't work. But this is going to go down as one of those movies that it's going to, I mean, obviously it's going to make over a billion dollars, but, you know, it just didn't, I really hope, my hope is that they do not start making movies for the fans and start throwing these cameos in and saying, oh, we're just going to make these for the fans. Because if that's the case, that t- that tears down the whole 15 years. So, we'll see. Um, as far as what I want to rate it, um, I'm going to give this two reels. I-, I think, or two and a half reels. Um, I think that this was a okay movie. It had a lot of problems. The female representation in Marvel is another problem that they have. Um, we take a look at Black Widow. And what happened there? Now you take a look at Scarlet Witch and how they killed her. You take a look at, you know, Gamora from Endgame. 
what are they going to do? I mean, I've got a serious... This is something that isn't really talked about that they need to really address. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I loved that scene in Endgame where you had Pepper Potts and Gamora and the the head of the guard and, you know, uh, Valkyrie and everything else, Black Widow and all of them. But it was four or five minutes at most. And it's like, okay, we get it. What it's saying to me is you want to show, showcase your male superheroes over your female superheroes. I think what would be a phenomenal move on Marvel's part, and I don't know how you would do it or what kind of story you would come up with it. I mean, let's face it, the multiverse is out there, right? I think you make an all-female movie, right? I think, and this would blow up. I, I have no doubt in my mind. If you take Valkyrie, if you take Black Widow, if you take Gamora, and if you take Pepper Potts, and you put them in a situation that they have to use their brains and their brawn to get out of a situation, that's a billion-dollar film right there. And the Scarlet Witch, throw her in, those five, that's a billion-dollar idea right there. Easily. Hands down. Hands down. Because you've already established the characters, okay? You have... You know that some of them are like strong as can be, whether it's magic or strength or whatever, and you make it worthwhile. I mean, <laughs> let's face it. I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but it's, anything's got to be better than like the three five five, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that would absolutely explode. That's a billion dollar idea for Marvel, right there. Why not go with that now? There are rumors and there are reports that Elizabeth Olsen is coming back and they will be doing a Scarlet Witch solo movie, which I don't know if I, you know, right now, I don't know if I'm on board for because of the way they treated the character. I I mean, we saw her turn, either turn into or nearly turn into the Scarlet Witch at the end of um, WandaVision. So where is this supposed, and that's, I mean, just going off another thing, where is this supposed to fit in that timeline? Is it supposed to fit right after WandaVision, where she turns into the Scarlet Witch, and then we see a solo movie, and then, you know, the events of Multiverse of Madness? I don't understand that. So, I mean, unless you're going to bring America into it, and then she is somehow put into it as a plot, as a plot point to, we, we understand why she's going after America? Maybe. But right now, there's no need for a Scarlet Witch movie. So... I don't know. I mean, as I said before, this was definitely not one of their best entries into the MCU. I'm giving it two or two and a half film reels. It's definitely on the lower tier. I hope, my hope is that they are going to correct this for uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I'll be shocked and surprised if we see another trailer between now and July 8th. And and because Kevin Feige, you know, and he's right. He was absolutely right. They showed way too much stuff. And if you are going to put cameos in there, do it to where it advances the story. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that this is going to be an interesting um, point. It's an interesting point now. Because what do you do about the multiverse? And what are the rules? Because it seems to me that America Chavez now isn't out, right? It seems to me if there's a problem in any universe... Anywhere 
All she's got to do is go to that place and essentially, no, I mean, not literally, but snap her fingers and take care of it, you know? So, I don't know. It, it's it's really a hard thing to take at this point. They, and, I, I mean, I think there was a lot of other things to it. I mean, anybody who's seen the movie, if you have, obviously, you're listening to this, but, you know, there was a lot of blood. This is the most blood you, you saw. I mean, Sam Raimi is a horror first guy. I mean, all you gotta do is look at the Evil Dead trilogy, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, you saw elements of that in, in this, but they couldn't go full-blown Evil Dead, right? Um, okay, so I guess that's it. So, coming up on Tuesday, we have um, Illua coming back, and we are going to be doing Stephen King movies. So, th- this is going to be interesting because... There are a lot of Stephen King movies, some that are original, some that have been remade, and some that are just good. So then on Friday, we have the second episode of Flashback Friday dropping. We're going to be doing Iron Man 2. Now, I, I want to point something out here. A lot of people are going to say, well, what about The Incredible Hulk? The Incredible Hulk was kind of one of those dismissive, we made it just to see what happens kind of movies. Yes, we had the cut scene at the end of the movie with, with the general, you know, and, and Robert Downey Jr. walking into the bar saying, well, we're going to put together a team. But that's it. You never saw Liv Tyler again. You never saw Edward Norton again. You never saw, you know, you did see Abomination, but that was many, many, many years down the road in uh, Shang-Chi. <laughs> so, so, but we're going to do Iron Man 2. And then the week after that is Thor. And the week after that is Captain America First Avenger. And then we close out phase one with the first movie that made $200 million in a single weekend. And that was The Avengers. And that was 10 years ago. And that just tells you, honestly, that just tells you how long this has been going on. This has been going on for almost 15 years. And if you actually, if you want to go back and listen to that podcast, Ann and I did. It was called... 15 years of Marvel, almost, and we talk about all of the good things and the bad things having to do with the MCU and everything else, but, so yeah, and then coming in June, stay tuned, we got another um, another great series coming up, it's going to be called Sci-Fi Sunday, now I will give all of my listeners um, a heads up, okay, this is going to be a subscription-based service, so I, all of these podcasts that we you're going to be able to listen to you're going to it's going to be a subscription so i don't want you to go in you know the beginning of june like oh i can't wait to listen to these and then realize you have to pay for it i'm giving you guys at least a month in advance so and i don't know what the price point is going to be don't worry it's not going to be expensive okay i i just need to start to you know recoup some money (laughs) but yeah it's going to be a subscription-based uh podcast so but don't worry you guys are still going to be able to listen to the main topics and the weekly roundup and Flashback Fridays for free. So you'll have plenty of content for you. Um, and then, you know, hopefully later on this summer, we got a couple of other great interviews I'm trying to line up. And yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be a great, great summer. This is going to be the first summer in almost three years. We've had three blockbusters in, in, uh, the theaters at once, you know, with Doctor Strange, and then Top Gun comes out at the end of the month, and then two weeks after that, we got Jurassic World Dominion. 
So, and the week after that, we got Lightyear. So this is going to be a huge summer. And then we got Thor at the uh, beginning of July. This is going to be a huge summer. So my advice is this. Stay tuned. We got a lot of stuff on the horizon. If you're a first-time listener, thank you and welcome. If you don't want to miss a podcast, hit that follow button. I'm telling you right now, we got so much stuff coming up this summer. It is going to be so much fun. So on that note, I am David Steele. And you have been listening to Real Talk.